close to 60 kilometers long and with elevation gains of over 1,100 meters, the Manterio Trail is one of the most challenging hikes in Manitoba, but also one of the most rewarding. How's it going everyone? Welcome to the podcast. Um, so this podcast is going to cover a few favorite trails of mine as well as some general outdoor tips to help get you out exploring. Manitoba's got a naturally beautiful landscape and a lot of people don't get out there to experience it because they think it's all prairies and boring but it's not. The Canadian Shield just out east is incredible so if you don't go hiking I encourage you to go and I hope this podcast helps with that. Uh, so today I'm going to be talking about the Manterio Trail. For those of you who aren't aware, the Manterio Trail is Manitoba's longest hiking trail. It's between 60 and 63 kilometers, and it's considered the most challenging of all the hiking trails in the province. A uh, vast majority of it is remote, so this hike isn't for beginners. You'll have almost no access to the outside world in most areas, so you have to come prepared. Manterio Trail has two entrance points, the south and the north trailheads. The south trailhead is located off Highway 312 just beside Caddy Lake, with the North Trailhead just on the shores of Big White Shell Lake off Highway 309. The Manitoba Naturalist Society created the trail in cooperation with the Manitoba Parks Branch in the early 1970s. I almost always start my journey from the South Trailhead. There's been a debate about which part of the trail is the most difficult, and the South part has often been considered the most difficult portion, as there's a ton of elevation change, so a lot of people say you should save it for last and there's a lot of people that say you should do it first and get it out of the way. There are a few forgiving areas though as you pass through uh, an abandoned airfield and an old logging road you're going to be forced to climb granite cliffs which offer incredible views of the lake but you also have to navigate deep ravines where you basically feel totally enclosed by the surrounding woods. Manterio is often considered a field marker for those who want to get out and hike even more demanding trails like those in the Rockies or the West Coast Trail in BC. So my first experience on Manterio was in September of 2016. Me and a good buddy of mine, uh, Jonah, decided to try and tackle just the first portion of the trail. So basically it's split up into multiple campsites along various lakes. So you can end your hike wherever you want, camp and then head back the following day. Or obviously you can go the whole way through. There's one campsite in particular at Caribou Lake that people generally make an overnight trip out of. It's about 20 kilometers in and that's where Jonah and I stopped our first time doing the trail. It was definitely a lesson in humility as we were not nearly prepared enough. We thought we were going to be prepared going into it, but you just, you're not until you do it once. I didn't bring enough socks. Our water purifier ran at like a rate of two drops every minute. And we brought the heaviest type of food we probably could. I had cans of soup that barely cooked. Yeah, like big bottles of water because we didn't have a filter that was good enough um, but it was honestly great we ended up camping on the east side of caribou lake and it was roughly like a seven hour walk so we left in the morning we got there you know just before evening so it was nice we got to set up camp and while we were out there actually we ran into some people one guy was the designated beer guy so he showed up with two two fours he hiked the whole first part of the lake with two two fours so it was pretty funny but you know i wouldn't recommend doing that I've done the trail multiple times since then and I've learned a lot so that's what we're kind of going to explore next here. So the biggest thing I could say is bring extra socks and please invest in proper hiking boots. So the extra socks part is you're going to get wet, your feet are going to get wet, you're going to get miserable. 
when you're trying to hike, you know, if you're doing the whole thing, you're hiking 60 kilometers, you bring two or three pairs of socks, you know, all three pairs get wet. You think that's enough, but it's not. All three pairs will get wet and you're going to hate walking the rest of the way. Uh, so definitely bring extra socks. And yeah, please invest in proper hiking boots. I know of so many people who have cracked an ankle on the trail and had to hike back out on it or call for help. I may have been one of those people, but don't attempt the trail in runners or any shoes with no ankle support. You will roll your ankle. And if you roll your ankle, you know, 30 kilometers into a hike, you're kind of in a pickle. So the next biggest thing I would say is don't rely on your phone for direction. I know a lot of us do, especially nowadays when you can literally get anywhere and know how to get there through your phone. It's great for when you're in the city or close to the city or on hikes with service. Yeah, of course. But on Ontario, you have no service. All Trails is a great app for hiking. You can actually download the map if you insist on using your phone. But again, I would not rely on that. If you know how to read a map and use a compass, that's awesome. And if you don't know how to read a map and use a compass, learn. I repeat this because so many people I know would ignore this. So don't rely on your phone as a navigation tool. For emergencies, it's recommended you rent out a spot unit, um, which is essentially a GPS phone and locator. So it's extremely helpful if you get injured or get into any emergency, obviously, because you're going to need it. Um, and of course, when you leave, leave a plan of what your hike looks like with someone at home. Tell them what time you're leaving, what time you think you'll be back, and where you're going to be. I'm not just going to rattle off a list of stuff to pack because it's going to be super boring. And a really good general list, though, of what you can bring can be found on Wilderness Supply's website. So if you just look up Wilderness Supply Multi-Day Hike Packing List, you'll find it. So thanks to them for putting that together. Another thing I'll stress as well is bring a reliable water filter or water tablets. It's really difficult to pack enough water in your bag because it gets heavy as hell and it weighs you down. I think my pack was probably close to 60 pounds. I mean, it's like carrying a small child with me on the whole hike. It's It makes it harder. So bring a good water filter like a Life Straw and it'll essentially eliminate this issue. Um, you can also bring tablets and stuff like that that you could put into your water, but I've never used those. If you plan on hiking the whole trail, you'll want to arrange to be picked up at whatever trailhead you end at unless you want to hike the extra 60 kilometers back to your starting point. I don't think you want to do that though, I'll tell you that now, that's just so long. So you have a few options here, but it's all about what you're comfortable with basically. So if you're hiking in a group with people with multiple cars, basically you can drop one car at one end of the trailhead and another car at the other trailhead. So when you're done hiking, you both pile into that second vehicle and drive back to the opposite trailhead and pick up your car. Some hikers will also leave a bike chained up at one end of the trail and basically cycle back to pick up their car after hiking. The road back is about 66 kilometers long, so just be prepared because your legs are already going to be tired. Another option, and the one I usually recommend, is to just arrange for a friend to drop you off and pick you up, or at least pick you up at the end of the trail and drive you back to your car. This way you get to relax when you're done and have someone else do the driving. Um, it's a lot nicer. Trust me, you don't want to have to cycle back. There's currently no cell phone reception at either trailhead, so you'll need to make these plans in advance regarding pickup times because once you get to the end, if your buddy's not there, you're not going to be able to text him and let him know you're done. This also serves as a nice little extra safety precaution because if you don't show up at the arranged time to your buddy's car, they'll know something might have gone wrong. Another option that a lot of people on the Facebook 
page recommend is a key swap. So these can be arranged with other hikers that are tackling the trail where basically both drivers will exchange spare keys and then hike in the opposite directions and then using the other hiker's car when they reach the end of the route. I depends on how comfortable you are with giving your keys to strangers. There's a group on Facebook for Ontario hikers and it's a good place to try and arrange these. I would just say make sure you meet beforehand, confirm that they have a valid driver's license and whatnot because you don't want someone driving your car that can't. I personally don't want to give my keys to a stranger, so I don't ever really do this unless my friends are the ones heading the opposite way. So that's it for me. I encourage you to look up more about Manterio online, Manterio Trail. Government of Canada website has a lot of good information on it, and if you decide you do want to go hike it, I'd encourage you to pick up a map, study it, and then get out there because it, it, it is truly crazy to see something like this and experience something like this walking with just your buddies for 60 kilometers through the bush really helps put things into perspective if that makes sense um but just try and get out there and hike it's we have a beautiful province and i encourage all of you to try and get out there and see it so thanks for listening